Today on the topic show, DeSantis will not remove his name from the palette in Colorado after they ban Trump. Vivek teaching his son the pledge goes viral. Time Magazine to focus on hosting events in 2024. Buick dealerships out of GM's EV program at a 50% rate. Tinder launches a $500 per month subscription plan. New York Times critiques Daily Wire for having kids shows that shows a father figure in a positive light and for teaching U.S. history. Also, Toyota is recalling about 1 million vehicles due to the airbag issue. All of that and much report on The Topping Show. Thank you everyone for taking the time to tune in today. Today's episode of Topping Show is sponsored by Topping Technologies. Topping Technologies is an IT value-added reseller and services company with a special proficiency in IT security. Heck, I see their founder at least twice a day. Gotta say he's quite handsome and brilliant. He's me, you see. That's the joke. If you're an IT leader or a business owner, you can reach the team at sales at toppingtechnologies.com. Also trying to get to 4,000 subscribers by the end of December. So if you click that button, I would greatly appreciate it. Now going over to the business part of the podcast, you have Time Magazine to invest in hosting events in 2024. Now this comes to us thanks to a LinkedIn news article that was written by specifically by Bobby Armstrong. They know that Time has signaled the intention to focus on growing events revenue in 2024. And they also anointed a chief executive editor, Dan Makasi, uh, to his chief events officer, which is a pretty fancy name. It looks like this year's 27 events, there were 10 last year, have been a boon to the media company's bottom line, showing a 70% year-over-year increase in U.S. revenue and a 14% bump internationally. Now, granted, they noted that no hard figures were released. CEO Jessica Shipley explained the move by saying the events are, quote, where the demands and the clients are, unquote. Which, well, yeah, it's one of those things where not a lot of people are buying magazines these days. And I know Time does a lot of things, but, I mean... Mainly, I know time for their magazines, their editorials, and having their man of the year. Which, if you look at the historical figures who they nominated throughout the years, is highly entertaining when you see, uh, oh dear god, they nominated this person. Yeah, it's uh, highly entertaining. Just take a scroll down history lesson, you'll see they've nominated many inept and some evil men historically. Now, it looks like they know that the staff will actually increase as well. They're going to grow their, <laughs> excuse me, grow their event staff from 5 to 13 this year. And they'll re- be responsible for the design, sales, customer success, programming, as well as audience development. So it'll be interesting to see as these companies are continuing to attempt to adapt as you know, a lot of these old media companies, all legacy media companies try and figure out, well, what else might we be able to do to actually you know, not go out of business as legacy media continues to generate less and less revenue and even worse they're generating less and less profits so for many of them their days are numbered which is why throughout this years we've seen so many local tribunes newspapers all these a lot of these companies going out of business so it'll be interesting to see if, as time continues to evolve and continue to ramp up their event engagement how it might boost the bottom line and how it might transform them as a long-term company and actually will stay around and perhaps maybe withstand the test of time Although, you know, as I always say, time shall tell, pun moderately intended, since that's their name as well. Other interesting business news, you have Buick dealerships opt out of General Motors EV program at a rate of 50%. Now this comes to us thanks to a website by the name of electrek.co, which A-plus for marketing, makes sense, you're going to talk about electric vehicles. 
Now, specifically, this is from Michelle Lewis, and they note that half of U.S. Buick dealerships will choose buyouts over over selling EVs in 2023. Now, again, interesting. So perhaps, now again, we've looked at General Motors throughout the show several times. Mary Barra originally had a goal of Cadillac being full EV by 2030 and full EV, you know, for um, Chevrolet, Buick, as well as GMC, them to be full EV by 2035. According to this article, perhaps they accelerated their adaptation rate or their transformation rate. This article says that Buick is moving to be all electric by 2030 and GM gave Buick dealers a choice in 2022. Invest money. Jeez Louise, I, I had to do a double take at the investment that GM wants for these dealerships to sell EVs. So if you're a Buick dealership and you want the privilege, well, let's be honest, a curse to sell General Motors EV Buicks, you would have to invest between $300,000 and $400,000. Now that is according to Automotive News, so that they can prepare to sell EVs. And the alternative is, well, you can just voluntarily give up your franchise also known as you would no longer have the privilege or curse of selling Buick vehicles. So, I mean, obviously you won't get any new vehicle allocations. You won't have the signage that represents the brand that 18 people still know and love, which again, most of these dealerships have multiple brands that they work with. We've kind of moved past the day and age where there's kind of the singular dealerships where you'd represent one brand. Now there's pretty much more diversified. Now they know that Buick dealerships opt opted into electric had previously responded been responsible for about 20% of the company's US sales. Really? <laughs> That's not too good. Some of your most best performing dealerships are now saying they would rather lose the ability to sell your product versus invest all that money into selling your new product. Now they also know that Duncan Aldridge, who's the vice president of Global Buick BMC, told All of News, quote, I'm really pleased with where we are, the network, where we are now is a good size. It's with dealers who are focused on the business, who've shown that they can recover the volume that the dealers who transitioning away were doing. Buick noted that around 89% of the U.S. population still lives within 25% of their dealerships. Oh, I can't fathom trying to remember that. Actually, I saw Buick yellow and saw Buick I actually want to buy. Perhaps one of the coolest things they did in my lifetime for Buick would be the, I believe this is called GS. They actually had a Buick with a turbocharged inline four cylinder engine with Brembo brakes and most impressively enough, it had a manual transmission, also known as three pedals, also known as the best way to drive a vehicle bar none. That's probably one of the coolest things Buick's done in my lifetime. But besides then, you got to the point where Buick is just, it's gone down in popularity and the perceived value of the brand. Now, it looks like going to electrics take, they know that GM spokesperson Sean Poppett told Detroit Free press quote the average dealer throughout tripled while reducing 40 percent of our dealer points these are compelling numbers we have a leaner stronger and more effective network unquote so that's why buick doesn't appear to be phased by the drop in dealerships they likely anticipated it the 100 electric by 2030 plan is great and the auto brand strategy is lean and clean it wants to sell it wants all of its dealerships to be fully bought into the transition into evs yeah. Now, it'll be interesting, again, when you look at the demographics of who buys Buick and Cadillacs, on average, most of them are more elderly. And again, if you look at the adoption rate of EVs, I would be curious to wonder, well, are they buying EVs at the same rate as other demographics? You also have 
a shorter time period to sell the products. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Now, let me see here. Interesting enough, they do have a fun little comment section, so I'll dive in there really quick. One of the first comments comes from Elliot Gierno, and they say, quote, why do dealerships exist? Most people would say it's to sell vehicles, of course, but most of a dealership's money is made on the maintenance of the vehicle. They only make a couple hundred dollars on the sale of the vehicle, unless it's marked up beyond MSRP. So why do dealerships want to avoid, so why do dealerships want to avoid sell? Selling EVs because EVs represent an existential risk to their existence, unquote. Well, for the record, if you sell it at MSRP, they're making a couple thousand dollars. It's not zero. And when they show you the dealer invoice, that's BS. They also get spiffs and incentives. So if they sell a certain amount of vehicles, they usually get a bonus from the parent company or the manufacturer of those vehicles. And there are several other ways that they make vehicles profitable. Also, financing is huge. Accessories is huge. So even if they were to sell to MSRP, they're still making a pretty penny. Granted, it'd be a vintage penny, which is made out of actual copper, as opposed to the rudimentary garbage that they use now to make pennies, which is 99.99% zinc, and just simply copper-plated. It also costs the U.S. government, or more accurately, costs us, the taxpayers, a little over two cents to mint a one-cent penny, which is perhaps a good metaphor for the United States government in general. So, and again, when they talk about making money on the vehicle, <coughs> excuse me, Yes, also they say, why do dealerships exist to sell vehicles, of course? Yeah, that is another point of contention with auto dealerships. They make a lot of their money on services, and with EVs, there's a misconception. They do require service and maintenance. They require different, in some cases, less. Now, the big 500-pound gorilla in the room, or elephant in the room, is the lithium-ion battery that could cost you between, what, 12 and 25 grand, depending on what kind of vehicle you get? Now, that being said, I'm not sure how profitable it is to actually resell the battery if you're a dealership, compared to how much maintenance they're losing or how much revenue they're losing and profit they're losing by not being able to do more traditional things like you have the oil changes, probably one of the most, yeah, oil changes, timing timing belts, the oil filters. There are a lot of things that they lose. So I'll be interested to see how dishes are effective or affected. Uh, Doug Collins says, quote, it's interesting that Buick needs a thousand dealerships in the U.S., they have about 1% market share here. Most of the cars are made and sold in China. Let's see here. Let's see. Pete Zoss says, quote, one possible outcome from something like this is that, <coughs> excuse me, the fewer dealerships there are out there, the easier it will be in the long run to migrate to direct sales. GM just needs to keep increasing the effort to maintain a dealership to the point where it's not worth it to keep paying the franchise fees or whatever it requires to have a dealership. Eventually, if enough dealers go away, GM will have a valid reason to have laws changed to allow, allow direct sales. One can dream, unquote. Well, probably not, because the existing dealerships are still going to make a bunch of the money, and really the laws will change once the manufacturers get lobbyists to have the states understand they will receive the same or greater amount of sales tax revenue. Most states, one of the number one incomes for those states is sales tax from new vehicle sales and more disgustingly used vehicle sales which have already been taxed multiple times so if they can just communicate to the states hey you'll still get that money it's just going to be coming from someone else and we'll have the law written in which wherever the customer is right it already in many states is wherever you live and register the vehicles where you pay that tax associated with the sale but it could happen in our lifetime but even if there's less dealerships, the revenue for the dealerships would per dealership would just increase. So 
Let me know in the comments if you think differently, but that that could be a factor. Let's see here. Automotive says, quote, in today's EV adoption, too many model dealerships offer twin offerings. GM killed Olds, Saturn, and Pontiac, and no reason for Buick with Cadillac and Chevrolet selling similar EV models in price. GM can't handle increasing current EV production and keeping quality in check. Tesla has it right. Well, there is very strategic reasons why they kept the remaining brands after the 2009 bankruptcy, which was, I believe, their third bankruptcy since Billy Durant founded the company all those years ago when he actually combined the two automotive companies, Buick and Oldsmobile, fun business fact of the day. Now, in terms of Buick and Cadillac, Chevrolet, and GMC, GMC is the biggest elephant in the room. GMC, most of those vehicles are carbon copies of Chevrolet's. It's just different badges, different paint in some cases. It's the same assembly line. Like, look at the silver, Chevy, Chevrolet Silverado, and you look at the GMC Sierra, they're both General Motors pickup trucks. Slightly different features, maybe. More often than not, it's just aesthetics. However, during the bankruptcy of 2009, their analysts did a bunch of research, and they found that the brand loyalty was so great with GMC, especially when you look at the construction worker industry, that there's just an overwhelming reason to keep it. Also, it doesn't cost them much to keep that brand around because, again, a lot of it is just different plastic decals that they paint on them, or I guess more accurately now, is just glue onto the vehicles. So it's not that much of a big burden to cost to keep those. Same reason they kept Cadillac, same reason they kept Chevrolet, same reason they kept Buick. They're the strongest brands that have the best sales. Now, don't get me wrong, I think Saturn was a brilliant idea when it first came out as a concept with General Motors. It was to compete with the Japanese market, and Japanese automotive companies have been exponentially increasing in the United States. And in those particular cases, Saturn actually, like many General Motors ideas, when it first came out, brilliant. It had a separate part of the company, separate leadership, separate assembly, separate. Everything was separate when Saturn first started, and they made some great vehicles to compete with the Japanese. Those dealerships are very unique, and also, unlike Chevrolet dealerships and Cadillac dealerships, there's no negotiating a Saturn dealership. You went in there, you got the, well, I think they call it like the fair price of the fair car, the right car, the right price, or something like that, where very similar to Carfax, or you just go in there and you pay that price. There's no negotiating. So there are a lot of advantageous things around Saturn. Unfortunately, GM and like they do with many products destroyed it by, well, they decided to cut costs, consolidate things, where again, then Saturn just became a rebadged vehicle of other GM products. They got rid of what was a more efficient assembly line process. They basically destroyed it. So there are many reasons why the remaining brands are still around. Especially in China, Buick is considered a huge luxury brand in China. Their sales in that country are really strong. Let's see here. Go do one or two more comments. Dan B says, quote, I started selling at Buick, Cadillac, GMC, and a Honda dealer way back in 1988 when Buick made real cars and not these boxes called SUVs, CUVs. I'm not sure how many Buick dealerships dealers were in operation back in 1988, but it would be safe to say that there were a lot more than the 2000, and of course, Buick sales were very good. Now today, they have exactly four models, how sad, and that are all SUV, CUV. Even more sad, although the Envista is kind of a mashup of a sedan hatch size CUV, though not with a Buick dealer anymore, I'm still in the business, and I'm, I'm not here much, if anything, about any Buick EVs for the US, so I get why nearly half of them said no thanks. I also understand that killing off the weaker dealers won't that don't produce can't allow other remaining dealers to sell more. On paper, that looks good. In reality, it's a terrible plan. You will now have the same buyer who live well over 50 miles from the nearest Buick dealership and many well over 100 miles. No one is going to drive that far just to buy from a bland lineup of crossovers. 
not when you could drive 5, 10, 15, or maybe 20 miles to find a Honda or Toyota or Nissan or Kia store. What makes me scratch my head the most, however, is that most of the Buick dealers are usually dual lines with GMC. They Don't they have the EV infrastructure for GMC Hummer EVs? I swear sometimes I feel like these companies are like the blind leading the blind. And yeah, it is sad how Buick used to have so many cool, unique vehicles. And throughout the years, they've just consolidated it to make less and less and less. Same thing with Chevrolet. They used to make some great vehicles with stick shifts, also known as three pedals and manual transmission. But in their infinite wisdom, uh, sarcasm, obviously, General Motors decided to kill the Corvette, which is now automatic only and they have an EV coming up. They killed the Chevrolet Camaro, which again was selling nearly double sales this year compared to last year, partially because it was leaked and then it was announced they were killing the product, which again, that was a great vehicle, the good old V8 and a stick shift. The last generation was actually made in good old Michigan. Of course, GM decided to kill that product. So many, and then the Chevy Cruze, which I was impartial to, is my first car. I love the little Chevy Cruze Eco with the stick shift. That's a great little vehicle, and they killed that as well. So it'll be interesting to see, as you see this transformation with these automotive companies trying to push more EVs and attempting to get a direct sales model, it'll be interesting to see how many of these franchises say, you know what, I'm fed up, I'm not going to pay for that big, big upfront investment for something that's going to be, for us, the dealership community, usually less profitable. And really, at the end of the day, you look at the adoption rates in the U.S., not many people want EVs. They're still selling, but the adoption rate is decreasing. The biggest category that's growing, interestingly enough, is hybrids, which, I mean, I'm not a fan because they only have three pedals, also known as manual transmission, best way to ever drive a vehicle. But I understand why many people do appreciate that. I might question their ability to do math for long-term ROI since the batteries will die and cost a lot of money to replace. But, <laughs> excuse me, <coughs> excuse me. Nevertheless, that is a huge shift in the industry. It'll be fascinating to see how it goes from there. Now, going over to the culture part of the podcast, you have Tinder launching a $4.99 per month subscription model. Now, this comes to us thanks to a reporter on the X, or some people still call it the Twitter. Now, in that specific case, this comes from Dexerto. It's got 30.8 million views and 28,000 likes. Or, as youth might say, it went viral, to say the least. Now, this specifically is just a screenshot of the Tinder. And Dexerto said, quote, Tinder has lost their own $4.99 per month subscription plan. Now, I say $500 because, well, it's going to be more than $500 thanks to the government extortion, I mean taxes. So, at the end of the day, it's going to cost you a pretty penny. Well, granted, a vintage pretty penny since it's made out of actual copper, not modern pennies, which are 99.99% zinc. And it literally says, select a plan $4.99 per month. I got 30.8 million views and 28,000 likes. And I can't imagine how many people are going to be scanned with this, but let's dive in the comments and see what the feedback is. Someone by the name of Circle Tunes HD says, quote, It's so cool and awesome when companies weaponize the feeling of loneliness. This is good for the world, unquote. I got 24,000 likes. Opera GS says, quote, at this point, just get an escort, unquote. They got 28,000 likes. Continuing to scroll down, you have someone by the name of Marcus Brownlee. And Marcus comes out and says, how bad do you got to be, unquote, got 37,000 likes. Nick Locke says, quote, if you just hit up a club with $500, you probably could leave with someone LMFAO, unquote. 
got 5.5 thousand likes. Alex says, quote, the only the way men are going to feel owed sex and time after spending $500 to match with someone, unquote, 5.4 thousand likes. Someone by the name of Shoot says, quote, I better get a BJ a day, unquote, getting 1.8 thousand likes. Can't Guard Book says, quote, now you can be lonely and poor, unquote. They got 4.6 thousand likes. Let's see here. Mate says, quote, spending $500 and still getting zero matches, unquote. And has a picture from The Onion and has a lonely looking man saying, quote, man who thought he lost all hope loses additional bit of hope he didn't even know he still had, unquote. I got 7.9 thousand likes. Kuara says, quote, pay to win on Tinder is insane, unquote, getting 9.1 thousand likes. Let's see. Someone by the name of Jotman simply says, no one's buying this, unquote. It's a man with bloodshot looking eyes cartoon looking at a phone getting 623 likes. Let's see here. Reanimated said, quote, 499 a month just to get swiped on is crazy, unquote, getting 749 likes. Goblin says, quote, $500 can buy you a very friendly prostitute, unquote, getting 888 likes. Let's see here. And a lot of people are just saying, what the hell, getting between, you know, 30 and 100 likes. And as I continue to scroll more and more and more, of course, they're just all roasting this idea. Because again, there are a myriad of issues when it comes to online dating and app dating. Perhaps I'm biased because I tried it and didn't really work out, obviously, or perhaps not obviously. But it's one of those instances where the odds are stacked heavily against you if you're a man. It's not just an issue with sample size, but if you look at most of these dating apps, the overwhelming majority of the population on the apps are overwhelmingly men. But it's also an instance where women are very selective on the app, only selecting the top there's some statistic out there about like the top 6% get, you know, 90% of the matches or whatever like that. And it's an instance where the odds are just against you. And there's more and more reports leaking where these apps are using fake profile pictures and fake profiles to try to get you more interested in the app. And truth be told, if you go on the apps and you see what's out there, it could be kind of depressing and highly entertaining when you see what people are demanding, to say the least. But from a closer perspective, it is fascinating to see... I mean, these companies are charging more and more and more, and it's becoming more and more of a pay-to-play. At what point do people just say, you know what, I'm just going to go to the library, go to church, try try a different methodology? Because again, for over... It's, I'm trying to think what's worse. Statistically speaking, I suppose dating apps are statistically more successful than the lottery. Granted, that bar is so low it's underground, I guess that's a silver lining, but again, who's paying $500 per month for, for Tinder? And again, depending on how you look or your stats, your height, I mean, there are a myriad of things that go into what makes a successful match, but I mean, what are the odds it's actually going to work? I mean, that means in a year you're spending over five grand on Tinder. I can't help but think that's probably the worst investment than buying a Bud Light. And that's saying something.
So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, everyone in the comments is roasting them. But at the end of the day, I wonder, how many of these will they sell? We'll have to check out Match Group, which is the parent company that owns Tinder and darn near, I think, like 70 or 80% of all the dating apps out there. But let me know in the comments, would you ever pay $500 per month for a Tinder subscription? Again, I'm pessimistic to say the least. I know people are foolish with money, especially in the United States, but $500? I mean, that's, in many cases, that's almost a month. Sometimes it's, I mean, that was a month's rent for me back when I was in college. Like, I can't fathom that, but that's just me. I mean, let me know in the comments. I'll be fascinated to hear what you have to say about the story. Other interesting cultural news, you have the New York Times critiquing the Daily Wire for having a father figure in a cartoon that's actually shown in a positive light. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, this comes as the Daily Wire has rolled out a myriad of additional entertainment applications, including children programming, and more rarely, children programming that is not perverse or morally vacuous. And I can't but notice throughout my lifetime, Hollywood, well, not only is it politically one-sided, but every single time a father figure is shown, he's either dumb, lazy, or inept. He's never shown in a good light. I mean, think about it, the most prolific cartoons ever made in Hollywood. They're all morons. They're all evil. It's sometimes cruel. I mean, think about it. You got Simpsons, Homer's a moron. Family Guy, Peter's, again, a moron and a drunk. I mean, all these shows, they're always show cast in the worst possible light. I mean, even Futurama, they just have Fry being a, he's not the father, I guess, I don't know if he becomes father like in the last season or something, but he's just a lovable buffoon. He, this never really shown in positive light. Now, it looks like this is original, original uh, article comes actually at dailywire.com, and they note, quote, social media erupts with praise for Chip and Chilla after New York Times attacks show for depicting, quote, weirdly, weirdly present father who teaches lessons about dead white people. It shows the fascinating cultural de decay of society when New York Times is like, it's so strange the dad's there for the wife and kids. You mean what used to be the norm in the United States? Ridiculous to say the least. Now, it looked like in the Times piece published on Monday earlier last week, writer Amanda Hess criticized portrayals of the father in Chipchilla and the popular Australian series Bluey as a fantasy because they are active and engaged in their children. The New York Times writer also suggested that the dad in, quote, Chip Chilla is the worst offender of the two because he teaches, quote, lessons about dead white people, unquote. You, you mean how the United States is founded? <laughs> I mean, I guess we, should, we shouldn't be surprised. Most modern media wants to destroy any semblance of our company, our country's history. So I guess we should be too surprised. It's kind of sad that this gal, she thinks it's a fantasy to have a father figure. No, it's quite literally the default since the dawn of time. That's how it should be. Now, she continues saying, quote, Remember, folks, oh, I guess before I say this, quote, I can't help but notice, I don't want to say they're mentally vacuous all the time, but there's a high probability if someone uses the term problematic, I'm not saying they're mentally vacuous or a moron. I'm just saying, statistically speaking, it's probably in a high percentile that they are. Now, she says, quote, Remember, folks, Ben Key's hashtag chip chill is extremely problematic because it teaches kids about dead white people like, you know, many of the great... And then this is actually a quote from Ben Shapiro. The second part, he says, like, you know, many of the greatest heroes of all time. And 
They also know that, quote, it is also extremely patriarchal for the dead to be involved and educate their kids. Really? Michael Knowles actually said, quote, I hate Chip Chill because the dad isn't a lazy idiot and the mom does housework. Also, I hate my kids. New York Times, unquote, from Michael Knowles. And then, one, in terms of social media, one of the most popular takes was from End Wokeness. It's got 1.3 million views on X, or fewer and fewer people are calling it, on Twitter. And End Wokeness says, quote, The New York Times is mad at Bent Key's Chip Chilla because the dad homeschools and teaches kids about, quote, dead white people. By the way, these dead white people are George Washington, Neil Armstrong, and Ben Franklin. Heaven forbid, uh, etc., unquote. Heaven forbid we actually teach about the founding fathers and some of the greatest minds in history. Now, and Wilkins continued to quote, saying, quote, They're also fuming about the sh how the show has a father figure play a, <laughs> excuse me, a central role. And they got 1.3 million views and 10,000 likes. And going to the comments section here, someone by the name of Washington's Ghost says, quote, Two things Marxists hate, history and a strong family unit, unquote. Getting 3.7 thousand likes. And then Wilkins replied to that specific comment. And they specifically said, bingo, getting 1.2 thousand likes. Let's see here. Sir Majesty says, quote, I have zero white guilt. Who is with me? Unquote. And this person has a picture of a gas meter on a vehicle. It says empty or full. It says empty. It says white guilt instead of having a fuel logo. And the dots or the little bullet points below it say, quote, None of my ancestors owned slaves, nor did 95% of white Americans during the years of slavery. White Republicans died in the Civil War to free slaves. White Republicans voted unanimously to free the slaves and later voted to give them citizenship and voting rights. Democrats fought against all three of these amendments. Unquote. Getting one, that got 1,000 likes. Marx says, quote, Hopefully this has a Streisand effect. You can't get a better endorsement than a hit piece from the New York Times. A strong male role model and as part of the nuclear family that kids can look up to is dangerous to Marxist culture. Unquote. Getting 271 likes. Bronos says, quote, that's not fair. You cheated with your money. And it's a meme of the Pikachu with the mouth open. And it says, and the left, and it says, left, pushes liberal narratives on, on kids, parents. And then the other thing is parents subscribe to different platforms. Left, Pikachu, astonished, surprise face. I got 513 Likes. Let's see here. D Mac, though I don't want to say F marketing, but it's not even a picture of McDonald's Big Mac. But nevertheless, this alleged Mr. Mac says, "quote It's time to ignore them." And it's a picture with a what is it? Fonted from a brick wall. And it says, "quote Why don't the ninety-nine percent of us who aren't offended by everything quit catering to the one percent who are?" Unquote. Okay, that got six hundred and thirty-eight likes. Robert Spudis says, quote, let them be pissed. As dads, we must step up and do our job. We have them for such a short period. Train them up in the way that they should, unquote. And as they actually, ironically, a picture of Walt Disney and a quote from Disney saying, quote, a man should never neglect his family nor business or for business. It got 184 likes. And it's ironic because what inspired Bent Key and the Daily Wire, the parent company behind it, to start these children's shows as well as their media, some of their uh, films, is that Daily, the D Daily Wire noticed that the Disney company had so perfectly alienated about half the country, injecting things around sexuality 
Again, father figures being moronic and pretty much shooting themselves in the high heel boot. Some would say worse than Ron DeSantis. And they literally just created this opportunity for another business to come in and provide a superior product. And I forgot what the description is from Daily Wire, but probably at a better price as well. Now, thank you, West says, quote, they really don't want normal family dynamics being renormalized, unquote, getting 340 likes. Zach Rader says, quote, New York Times, upset about Chip Chilla because teaching history is a dead joke, and apparently the five figures are really are the real forbidden knowledge, unquote. It got 193 likes. Joshua Merker says, quote, oh, he has a quote within a quote. He says, quote, then create your own Disney, unquote. Alternatives funded and created. No, not like that, unquote. Got 858 likes. The out, what is it? The outsider says, quote, Whenever the New York Times is upset about it, keep doing it 100%. Getting 265 likes. Carolina says, quote, They are afraid of families homeschooling their children because the kids might learn the truth, unquote. I got 432 likes. They also might learn, you know, things that actually have a modicum of value to modern society or to society in general. And maybe have a modicum of, you know, financial intelligence, tell them not to take out student loans, teach them how to put a budget together. Things that public schools don't really teach anymore, which is why public schools are so, on average, so ridiculous. I mean, you have 32-year low for ACT scores, historical lows for math, science, history, technical scores, and yet the teachers' unions say they deserve even more money. The only instance where mediocrity is quite literally incentivized, public unions, more often than not. And as you continue to scroll, you just have overwhelming support for the Daily Wire, and they are quite literally the fastest growing conservative media company headquartered out of Nashville, Tennessee. And as they create more and more alternatives and they fight what many consider to be the culture war, I can't help but think more and more people, especially in the middle, who don't want their kids exposed to certain political ideals or sexual themes, they're going to say, well, let's move away from Disney and go to something like Ben Key, which is providing this superior product that we can actually trust to actually have our kids watch. We don't need to pre screen it as often. Now, in full transparency, no matter what it is, I always suggest pre-screening the content before exposing your children to it. But it's one of those instances where I think we're going to hear, you're going to hear the market speak more and more, and the voice is becoming louder and louder. So we will see how quickly and how much more the Daily Wire will continue to grow. But I believe this is quite literally their multi-million dollar idea. It's going to gain them a lot of net new subscribers, and it's going to just push them in the stratosphere from a cultural perspective and from a business perspective. Now going over to the political part of the podcast, you have DeSantis saying he will not remove his name from the Colorado ballot, unlike Vivek. Now, this is actually coming from, let's see here, a little bit of a technical faux pas. This is coming a couple days after you had the Colorado Supreme Court saying that they will actually, instead of allowing you know, the people to choose who will become the Republican nominee and subsequent president, perhaps, they're going to say, well, we're going to remove that decision. We're going to, we're going to take Trump's name off the ballot. And Vivek was very quick. He was right on point. He was the first one to come out and say, you know what? I'm going to take my name off because this is a democracy. And he urged, a very smart move on the political chessboard, he urged the other candidates to actually drop as well. Now, partially, I think he knew that they're too selfish to do so. 
and subsequently none of them have. I mean, again, I'm not too surprised. And let's see here. Oh, that'd be fascinating to see. I wonder. I don't know if he's too embarrassed by this to do, delete it. Let me see here. Speaking of, speaking in Iowa, what else is he doing? Oklahoma. Claiming he wanted to drain the swamp. 19, DeSantis. Did they take it down? Talking about the border. Seems going to drain the swamp. How is this not there anymore? Let's see here. Uh, I wonder if he redeleted it. See, Trump loses, he will say, uh, let's see here. All right, so I was able to find the clip, but it's, uh, let's see here. I was able to find the clip, but it's on another profile. So this one actually comes from Benny Johnson. And he says, quote, after Vivek Ramaswamy announced he would remove himself from the Colorado primary if Donald Trump was not on the ballot, Ron DeSantis says he will not do the same. And this looks like it's originally, originally reported on Newsmax. And again, I'm not a doctor, but if you click the subscribe button, it may help with my enunciation and my speaking ineptitudes. Again, there are very few guarantees in life. I'm not saying it's 100% it'll work. However, if you look at the first videos I made, the, the newer ones are a lot better in terms of the speaking ineptitudes and trying to slow down my rate of speech. So perhaps it is working. Just saying, can't hurt to click the button. Now again, this comes from Newsmax. This got... Within 24 hours, got 321,000 views and 2.1 thousand likes. This is again from Benny Johnson. And without further ado. And real quick, fellow GOP 2024 presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy saying he will remove himself from the Colorado ballot unless Trump's eligibility is restored. Would you do the same? No, I think that's just playing into the left. Um, I think the case will get overturned by the Supreme Court. But I've qualified for all the ballots. I'm competing in all the states, and I'm going to accumulate the delegates necessary. That's the whole name of the game in this situation. But I do anticipate that that decision was political and will get reversed. All right. Governor Ron DeSantis, thank you so much for joining me this afternoon. That smile is so... I don't know. It's probably a close battle in terms of who has the most awkward smile. I venture to say his smile is more awkward than mine. I It'd be a close race, I'll be honest. But yeah, that final smile at the end of the video, it's its not great. But nevertheless, and lost opportunity, you can't see his high-heeled boots that he may or may not be allegedly wearing. But nevertheless, they got 321,000 views and 2.1 thousand likes. And I can't help but think most of the comments are being, they're probably going to be pejorative and going to be against Ron DeSantis. But let's dive in and find out. Let's see here. Marjorie Taylor Greene press release parody account says, quote, what a backstabbing snake, unquote, gained 253 likes. Peacemo says, quote, hey, Alexa, how do you kill your career? Alexa, ask Ron DeSantis, unquote. They got 217 likes. Sam Jay says, quote, DeSantis has been convinced by someone that Trump will be take out of... I will attempt to read it as it is written, grammar be damned. So I'll restart. Sam J says, quote, DeSantis has 
been convinced by someone that has Trump will be taken out of the way and he will be made the next president. He has been ill-advised and has ruined his career, unquote. Got 206 likes. One bad dude says, quote, Ron is trash and his political career is over. He might as well be a Democrat. He seems swampy, unquote. Got 134 likes. Red Wave Press, who, that's the name for marketing. Their profile picture is, in effect, a picture of a red wave. And Red Wave Press, again, says, quote, and the issue is, unlike Vivek, DeSantis is running to win, not be a part of Trump's cabinet, unquote. They got 99 likes and looks to be one of the first positive comments. So they're starting to creep to the surface. Brick Suit says, quote, but first, and it zooms in on DeSantis just licking his lips and then trying to smile, which, again, I, I look awkward as hell, so I don't think that's that. But I'm not going to critique him too much on that regard. And I did get 73 likes, though. Unfiltered Boss says, quote, good, DeSantis doesn't virtue signal, unquote. Getting 71 likes, but, I mean, a big part of DeSantis and why a lot of people like him is that he fought the culture war. He did several actions while, I guess he's technically still is the governor of Florida, that I think a lot of people would say that's partially virtue signaling. Perhaps this person is trying to clarify that, well, yeah, I'm, that's an interesting take. Let me know if you disagree with that. Huh. All right. Fawad Riman says, quote, I would say Ron DeSantis, Chris Christie, and Nikki should follow Vivek Ron DeSantis. Bold step. I got 17 likes. Let's see you. Andrew Henson says, quote, hashtag Ron DeSantis. Dang, you just lost. You're, you're doing two anyway. But you had a chance to care about America and its democracy. And you proved who you are. And I'm glad... It's now out in the public for good, unquote. Got 21 likes. Unauthorized narrative says, quote, Well, this is what DeSantis was hoping for all along, unquote. They got 48 likes. Bernie Bront says, quote, Of course not. All he cares about is his political ambitions, not our republic, unquote. They got 32 likes. So interestingly enough, eh. Yeah, it's a slightly worse ratio than usual, which is saying something. Now, granted, this is an odd Ron DeSantis-specific page. I'm not too surprised that he isn't actually boldly putting this out there or pinging this through his profile. But, yeah, usually when it comes to the subject of Ron DeSantis, it's maybe 60-40 split, 60% of the responses being more positive, and 40% being more negative. But in this case, as youth might say, it was ratioed. Oh, that's a terrible snap. Let me redo that. I was like, oh, really? Twice around? Third time's a charm, some might say. There we go, that's slightly better. Three times in a row, a little bit better. But, yeah, definitely not good for DeSantis. I don't know who wants to win by technicality, or in some people might argue unconstitutionality, but it'll be interesting to see if this changes people's perception of DeSantis, because this is, I think this clip will go even more viral as time as the time frame continues. Let me know in the comments, does this change your opinion of DeSantis? Does it increase your perception of him? Are you more likely to vote for him in the Republican primary? Or are you less likely to vote for him and your opinion of him actually has decreased? Be fascinating to hear what you have to say. Other interesting political news, you have Vivek teaching his son the Pledge of Allegiance going viral. Now it looks like this is a excerpt. <laughs> oh, excuse me. <coughs> it's got a little over 400,000 views in 24 hours. And Vivek, before the video of him teaching his son, and 
this just shows you that no man is perfect. Instead of suiting up, as all men should, and he usually does, he's actually in a casual polo with his family. I understand you're with your family, but I'm sorry, no exceptions. Every man should always suit up, obviously. And he says, the text before the video is saying, quote, One nation under God, indivisible, in liberty, and justice for all. American emoji flag. American flag emoji. Reverse the words there. And again, that got, and they get 11,000 likes. And without further ado, I'll play that clip really quick. If you put it on your heart, that means you're making a promise. Okay? That's your heart, right? So you're putting your hand on your heart, right? Then you say some words. That means you're taking it very seriously. Okay? Ready? Say, say. And you have to say it loud. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. A little bit louder. Of the United States of America. United States of America. Yes. And to the Republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible. Indivisible, with liberty, with liberty, injustice for all. That's it. Good job. His child is now more educated than many children in the public school systems in the United States. That's how far the ball, or rather, how far the bar has fallen in public education. Again, that got about 11,000 likes and a little under 400,000 views. And again, it's I think it's you know brilliant political marketing, you know, showing your family, telling them the importance of the United States, our founding values and our values. So I suspect me and the comments will be overwhelmingly supportive, but let's dive in and find out. One of the first comments comes from Eric Wags, and he says, quote, Imagine having such a quality, hardworking, and intelligent person as a leader of the free world. Let's make it happen, unquote. That got 128 likes. News Nomad says, quote, at this rate, we'll be voting Karith Ramaswamy for president 2056, unquote. Getting 151 likes and being more of a contrarian statement. Interesting. There are a lot of people saying that they will vote for Vivek in later presidential elections. There's such an overwhelming support for Trump on the Republican side that, I mean, you look at the poll aggregators. Trump is in the 60, like 61%, and Vivek is more around 4.8%. So it's those instances where I think a lot of, once Trump, if he does serve a second term, after that, I think Vivek is set up for success, politically speaking. And let me know in the comments, I feel like a lot of people who would vote for Vivek, they would vote for him if Trump was not running. So I think time might be on Vivek's side, so to say, in terms of long term, I think he'll have a lot of political success. It'll be interesting to see, you know, where does he end up coming out in terms of the Republican primary? We have all these polls, but again, these polls are between, you know, 300 and 5,000 people. So the sample sizes aren't great. And again, depending on how you were to poll, you get different results. So again, it's not a perfect analogy, but we're working with the, the data we currently have. And again, looking at the poll aggregators, we'll take a quick break from the comments to look at the 535 poll. So this, again, this is projects, or sorry, 538 poll, projects.538.com, which is the poll aggregator. And they have a bunch of polls. The specific, specific, specific one we're looking at is the who's ahead in the national polls. And they have Trump at 62%. DeSantis is down to 
it's ridiculous. He started like 30s. Nikki Haley is down a little bit. She's at 10.8%. Vivek Ramaswamy is at 4.1%. Chris Christie is at 3.2%. And Asa Hutchinson actually went up by 10th percent. He's at 0.7%. So again, going back to the comments section. Hashtag the persistence replied saying, I love this so much. Getting 345 likes. Alec Lace says, quote, that's a first class father there. Unquote, getting 156 likes. Thoa says, quote, I'm going to be mad at Republicans if they fail to nominate this man who actually lives all their conservative values in his life. Unquote. They got 127 likes. Let's see here. Laura McDowell says, quote, I used to have my kids say the pledge like that when I homeschooled them. How adorable, unquote, getting 40 likes. And a lot of people, let's see here. Ah, got one contrarian, another contrarian statement. Henry Facey says, quote, okay, I'm all about the pledge, but this is genuinely effing weird, LOL. I got eight likes. A lot of people saying, amen, God bless, USA, those game between, I want to say eight and 13 likes. Let's see here. Uh, Jim Martini, another popular one, got 12 likes, simply saying so good. So yeah, it looks like overwhelming support. And again, we looked at the, we just looked at the poll aggregators. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, again, he's making a lot of good moves on political chessboard, but there's just so much overwhelming support for Trump. I'm not sure, excuse me. I'm not sure how many people will be willing to vote for him in the Republican primary when, I mean, the people who would never vote for Trump, those guys and gals are all about supporting Chris Christie. That's his lane. That's where, that's right. That's why everything he says or everything he talks about is anti-Trump. I mean, so that's, that group of voters is spoken for. I don't see them changing necessarily. Even if you do get to the Republican primary, actually, we actually know who the forerunner is and who wins the primary. Most people like Kansas help us suspect they'll probably just vote for Democrat. So be interested. Let me know what I mean. Look, it looks like he's doing a lot of great moves. What does it take, or what does he need to do that he's not already doing, in order to get back ahead in the polls? Because again, he was a couple of weeks ago. He was a lot higher. He was more towards the seven or eight. actually, I think he peaked out eleven point six percent in the Republican primary polls. And again, he's down to what is this? Down or closer to four. So it'd be interesting to see what you know. What does it take? You know, let me know in the comments if fast and here what you have to say. Now, going over to the business blunder of the day, you have Toyota having a recall of 1 million vehicles for airbag issues. Even the bulletproof Toyota Camry has been hit. Now, this comes to us thanks to WTOP News and the Associated Press. And last week, it was reported that Toyota Motor Company is recalling 1 million vehicles over a defect that could cause the airbags not to deploy, screen, or sorry, <laughs> excuse me, increasing the risk of injury. The recall covers the range of Toyota and Lexus vehicles. Manufactured between the model years of 2020 to 2022, including the recall, ooh, include the Toyota Avalons, the Camrys, the Highlanders, the RAV4s, the Siennas, even the Corollas, plus some hybrids and these models. Which, again, the Toyota Corolla, oh, you gotta keep that safe. That is literally the most successful car manufactured in history by number of units sold is a Toyota Corolla. Nothing else comes close. Even when I was in college back in the day, they passed the Ford Model T, which had been an icon for quite literally decades that had been the most successful car in history prior to that now it looks like the lexus models are being recalled which are much less inspiring for names i i have a very cool unique you know creativity names them 
as opposed to just nomenclatures with letters and numbers, which I understand perhaps increase the brand loyalty versus the model loyalty. But nevertheless, the Lexus vehicles that were affected by this recall include the ES250, I like how they have to specify it's a sedan, and the RX350, which they have to specify is an SUV. Now specifically, the vehicles being recalled have sensors in the front passenger seat that may have been manufactured improperly. Those sensors could partially short circuit, causing the airbag system not to determine the occupant's correct weight and potentially not deploy in certain types of crashes. Now, know that Toyota and Lexus dealers will inspect the OCS sensors and replace them if necessary at no cost to the owners. Toyota will notify owners by the middle of February 2024 if they are in a recall. Toyota owners who think their call might be affected can actually just call toll-free at 1-800-331-4331 for details. Lexus owners have to call a different line, even though it's the same assembly line in many cases. That number is 1-800-255-3987. And yeah, this is really disappointing and shocking considering the most bulletproof cars on the planet are Toyotas and Hondas. It's one of those things where every time you watch any review channel where they're doing like a durability test, most famously Top Gear did one with Toyota, I believe it's a Highlander, you just can't break the damn things. They actually had an issue, they, they had an instance where the Toyota, I believe they tested a Corolla, it got, or the Celica, one of the two, it got to the end of the show, so every other car had stopped and, and broke throughout the testing, but that car didn't, and they drained the oil, and they ran the car again through the through the laps, and it kept going for several laps, which is insanely brilliant engineering. Like they last so long. Like you every time you read an article about this car hit a million miles, like what was it ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time it's a Toyota or a Honda, they're damn near bulletproof. Their re brand is reliability. I mean, Toyota does have some fun, exciting sports cars. They have the Supra with a stick shift. The Corolla GR is awesome. And they have some really cool things, but overwhelmingly, they're known for reliability. And they have a single issue. Where, actually, now my ADHD. Is it the Corolla GR? I just saw, I probably just saw one at the track last weekend. and had the unique tri-exhaust. It is, yeah, it is the Corolla GR. <coughs> Excuse me. But they have all the most best reliability on the planet, but they keep having these recalls. And again, this thankfully this isn't a, as detrimental in terms of, thankfully no one's been hurt yet. There's not any reports of injury, so they're getting ahead of the issue. So again, there's a silver lining and more often than not, if you squint hard enough in life, you'll find a silver lining. But again, it's one of those instances where I just can't help but think they need to be triple checking all these suppliers. Because again, a lot of these, more often than not, you look at all the components of the vehicles, especially non-Tesla companies, it's overwhelmingly majority by third parties. I mean, one of the largest sensor manufacturers on the planet is Bosch. And they make a lot of the things that are behind the scenes. So the fact that, I don't know if they just need to double or triple how much effort they're putting to testing these suppliers, but the fact that they had such a big issue that it affects a million vehicles, it affects their most reliable, most popular models ever. I mean, that's gotta be the business wonder of the day. Thank you everyone again for taking the time to tune in today. Again, we're trying to get to 4,000 subscribers by the end of December. So if you could click that button, I would greatly appreciate it. Also leaving a comment and a thumbs up is a great way to give me some additional feedback on how I can specifically improve the quality of the show as I ever increasingly try to focus on enunciating more, slowing down my pace of speech, as that has been feedback that I know is something I need to work out. Also, and lastly, don't forget to take time to tell your family, tell your friends, tell your coworkers, heck, tell your enemies, tell anyone and everyone, just stay safe and fight the good fight.